This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell, and it is a special episode today. <laughs> We're welcoming three... <laughs> Three non-regular panelists of the show, one by phone, two here in the studio. Dr. Chad Hutchinson is on the phone. Hello, sir. Hello. And here in the studio, we have Samantha Zelnick, also known as Sam. You like to be called Sam, right? And Dorothy Coates, welcome to you two. Thank you. And we have somebody here to top it all off, a return appearance from the Toledo Symphony's Director of Education and Community Engagement... Oh, almost oh. ran out of breath there. Rachel Schultz. Uh, yes. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Yes, it's a much longer, more impressive title than it actually is. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, tell us about uh, our subject today is Toledo Symphony Youth Orchestra because they've got a concert that is coming up. This is uh, Sunday. It's February 13th, 4 o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Paris Style. And we're going to talk about that concert, what's on it, et cetera, et cetera. But before we do all that, let's talk about the Toledo Symphony Youth Orchestra, Rachel. What can you tell us about that? Let me let me pull up a little. Oh no. <laughs> little inspirational music for you. I always get so okay. distracted because I start listening to the music and forget what I'm talking about. So. I'll well, this and... is supposed to inspire you. <laughs> <laughs> so the. Toledo Symphony Youth Orchestras is made up of three ensembles this year. So we have the Philharmonic, which is a full orchestra. So that includes strings, winds, brass, percussion. And then we have the Symphonic Orchestra, which again, full orchestra experience, strings, winds, brass, percussion. And then we have our concert strings, which, as you might have guessed, is only strings. And that's kind of, for a lot of the students in concert strings, it's their first time playing as a group and watching a conductor. Wow, that's great. So let's go around and talk about what each of you do, your title, and, and what you do with the Toledo Symphony Youth Orchestras. We know what you do, Rachel. You, you've just been talking about it. But let's go to uh, our phone guest, Dr. Chad, Dr. Chad Hutchinson. Uh, Chad, you and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't we uh, judges on a panel at the University of Toledo for a competition a few years ago? Yes, we were judges together at the University of Toledo when I first moved into town um, for a concerto competition there, I believe, when uh, Matt Forte, who's my predecessor at uh, TSYO uh, was the director of orchestras at UT. Yeah, I remember that. Like yesterday, it was all pre-pandemic. We had no inkling of what was to come at the time. Uh, Chad, tell us a little bit about what you do with the uh, Toledo Symphony Youth Orchestras. Absolutely. So I'm in my uh, second year, even though uh, more like the first year actually being in person. Uh, I conduct the symphonic orchestra, which is the second of the three groups within the organization. Uh, last year during COVID times, I did work with a smaller ensemble um, of about eight students in the spring semester. Um, but this year we have a full orchestra. We have around 50 students. Uh, it's been really great to get to meet in person again and, and work weekly. We rehearse Monday evenings at Hull Prairie Intermediate School 
And we put on one concert and are really looking forward to this uh, next one. Yeah. We have students from all over, all the way from Bryan, Ohio, uh, Adrian, Michigan, Bowling Green, as well as obviously the Toledo Metro. Let's talk uh, with you for a minute, Sam. You are the TSYO coordinator. Tell us uh, what, what that means. Yeah, so, well, one of the biggest responsibilities is making sure everyone is where they're supposed to be at the right time, <laughs> which is a very important job. I also help prepare the music for all the students, make needed copies, support the conductors, take attendance at rehearsals, calm down panicking children when they forget their music. <laughs> And it, it's really great. I really like being there and supporting the students. Yeah, that's uh, quite a job, Yay! it sounds like, to me. Um, let's talk with you, Dorothy. You are the, the keeper of the keys, you know, sort of the <laughs> seer of all things. You're the repository of TYSO history. Dorothy Coates, former longtime Toledo Symphony Youth Orchestra manager, that's um, what they called me, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I know you have a lot of stories to tell, but let's go back to the beginning of your involvement with the Toledo Symphony. How did that come about? Well, actually... I uh, actually have some music for you. Here, let me pull oh, this up. okay. <laughs> I hope it doesn't distract me. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, we came to Toledo when my husband, Gordon, was engaged to be the... Uh, they called it then manager, now CEO of the symphony in 1969. And shortly after that, I started teaching uh, the orchestra at Central Catholic High School. And I had several students that were in the youth orchestra. So that first contact uh, happened with the students at that time. Also, the symphony was, still, was involved with the youth orchestras then. That went way back from practically the beginning. So uh, then I eventually taught in Toledo uh, strings, and uh, we were able to start the Junior Youth Orchestra in 1978, and uh, I was very much involved with that. In fact, I was its first conductor in 1978. Wow. And um, then, so I've, I've, one way or the other, I've had my hand in the till, I guess you would say. <laughs> Your hand in the till. I don't think well, that's exactly uh, that's, that, what you that's mean. That's but. not quite right, no. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for want of a better term. Right. Um, and it, it, it has become a passion of mine. And uh, over the years, it's been wonderful to see it grow into three orchestras. And uh, it's been my pleasure to know all of the various conductors and uh yeah it's uh how long were you there now you left uh or you stopped being the manager and, and when in uh 19 uh, 2019 in 2019 i started as i took over from jane zabinden who had done it for 40 years in 2000 i think it was so i was there about 20 years yeah then. that's fantastic it's, it's been a joy yeah so now we'll get to the, the good stuff. Um, what's the uh, craziest thing that ever happened on your watch at <laughs> Toledo Symphony Youth Orchestra? Oh, boy. <laughs> we want to hear this, the, the scoop, right, Dorothy? Craziest thing. You've got all the stories. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. You're there drawing some, a blank. There were so many <laughs> wonderful uh, opportunities. Probably it would be... And I, you know, you kind of you take care of them, and you forget them. It would probably be some little glitch that happened 
during a concert somebody wasn't where they were supposed to yeah. be or or that kind of thing and i I put on a lot of miles running around <laughs> in the peristyle. <laughs> that was before Sam got there and started cracking the whip, right? <laughs> it's a yeah. workout running around it is. stage. It's yeah. it, with the stage. And the, the steps and up and down and, uh, uh, yes. Yeah, everything involved in that. Right. You did it for 20 years. That's yes. amazing. Um, Dr. Chad, you still on the phone with us? Yes. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what's on this concert? Because uh, I know the Toledo Symphony Youth Orchestras, they do like a few concerts a year. And, and we've talked before when they've done the side-by-sides with the uh, Toledo Symphony proper. But this is just the, the youth orchestras, right? Yes. Uh, this concert will feature all three youth orchestras. Uh, I think what's really great is uh, we're giving students an opportunity to play a repertoire that they either will play down the road um you know if they play in the toledo symphony for instance i know the the top group this year um performed the last movement of dvorak nine and the toledo symphony just played dvorak nine in um a couple weeks back and so it's it's really great that they get to have that connection um and part of be part of the lineage of a great work uh of that nature yeah um our our group this concert is performing a waltz from sleeping beauty of tchaikovsky uh, we're doing an arrangement of Rosamunda Overture um, of Schubert, and then we're finishing with um, the Danse Bacchanal of Cézanne. It's uh, an arrangement, um, and our our group is really kind of a bridge to get students to that next level. Sometimes we do what's called, you know, the real thing, the same thing the Toledo Symphony would perform, and other times we do arrangements that uh, just help out students a little bit with some technical issues that they're maybe not quite ready for. Um, and so the middle group that I conduct kind of uh, is that bridge to then get them to the next group that Maestro Hawari conducts. Um, for instance, they're doing the Dance Bacchanal, the real one, the same one the Toledo Symphony would play um, later on this, this year. Yeah, well, that's great. A great introduction for those folks and also for concert goers because you're talking about repertoire that is very popular and, and well-known by the classical audience. I play that stuff all the time on the radio, so... That's great. I'll give you guys a cheer, okay? <laughs> throwing a little, throwing a little extra applause there, just for that. You know, while I'm at it, let me do this. There we go. So why you, not? Yes, you get a little, little fanfare there from the Toledo Symphony Lab panel. Oh, I want to, um, c- because I know your sound effect board. Um, Dr. Hutchinson is a trombone player. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Well, this is... <laughs> <laughs> so just keep that in mind when we get to the, the quiz, the, yeah. the get-to-know-you yeah. game. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's for you, Dr. Chad. That was actually Elaine Trudell on his trombone, so oh. he provided a, a little a little sound effect there. Now, uh, speaking of Dr. Chad, you're on the phone. I'm going to draw a question here. We're, we have sort of like 60 questions. These are all getting-to-know-you questions, so you have one minute within to answer (laughs) this question, and here's how we know that it's a minute. Okay? (laughs) So, here's your question. What's your favorite thing about yourself? (laughs) I I can't hear the question through the music. I'm Uh sorry. What's your favorite thing about yourself? The favorite thing about... Yourself. Oh, my. Um, 
<laughs> Musicians can't answer questions. Uh, I, like I would that. say <laughs> hopefully that uh, I'm able to inspire others, and I think that um, <laughs> that's something that I've been able to, to do throughout my career. Aww. No, seriously though, that's a good answer. Inspire others. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Okay, now I'm going to let Dorothy. You can pick your own there. What do you got? If you could have dinner with a famous person, living or dead, who would you choose? Oh, wow. Well, with my husband being manager of the symphony, I've had wonderful opportunities (laughs) to meet a lot of people, or have dinner with a lot of people. I think I'm going to give you a memory. I cooked dinner for Dave Brubeck and his boys, Sunday dinner, at our home uh, back in the day when, uh, when they played here. And uh, that's always been a memorable thing. He was a gardener, as was I. And it was in the season we had green beans and tomatoes for my garden. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. That's great. Wow. Wow. And you told that with 17 seconds to spare. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Rachel, here you grab one of those. Oh, Lord. And then we're going to pass it over to Sam next after that. Okay. Okay. What's one of the most fun childhood memories you have? Um... I left my cricket sound effect my at home. Gosh, so I <laughs> have so many, uh, and all I can think about is trying to perform the minute waltz. <laughs> For some reason, um, you know. Okay, I think I have told this, so longtime listeners may remember this story. Um, but I think it was the first time I got a standing ovation when I performed. Yeah, yeah, I think that was probably my one of my most fun childhood memories. What, do you remember what it is that you performed? Uh, yes, it was Copeland, Cat and Mouse. Oh, that's right. I remember you telling this story. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's a nice story. Sam, there you go. One minute timer. Pick a question. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Okay, that's a kind of a heavy-handed question. You can skip it and choose a different one if if you want, unless you have something to say. Hmm. I've... I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> I say the one thing that All I right. could would change about Sam is oh she needs to take more time for herself. More Aww. time for yourself. Aww. She works very hard. Aww, Less you. time chasing little kids around. Well, you know, I actually did think of an answer to this. So okay. I'm an oboist. Let's hear it. That means I have to deal with reeds. If I could change one thing about myself, I would have picked a different instrument. That didn't have to deal with reeds. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Like the bassoon, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because their reeds are very easy to make. <laughs> Here, hand it over and let me, I, you know, fair play. Good. I'll go ahead and put one in. Let's see. There we go. Okay. Let me grab one. Oh, it's upside down. All right. What's your favorite movie to watch over and over again? Well, I don't know that I watch movies, you know, multiple times. Um... When I was a kid, I watched the Star Wars movies multiple times. I used to sneak into the theater, or I'd go into the theater, buy a ticket, and then just stay there, right? Uh-huh. And they were nice enough they didn't kick you out, and you could stay all day and watch it many, many times in a row. And, uh, yeah, I did that for all three of the original Star Wars movies. Anyway, uh, wow. there, that's for me. 
<laughs> Give myself a little boost there. Um, Sam, let's hear from you uh, and, and tell us if you have any memorable uh, stories. You want to share any scoop about the backstage antics of the kids? I mean, you talk about child wrangling. It has to be uh, quite a, a, a job for you to do. You know, herding cats. <laughs> no, just yeah. no, actually, the last concert, the kids were so great. I brought one copy of every single part of every piece the orchestra, all three orchestras were going to play. I only had one student forget their music at the concert. <laughs> That's amazing. A trombone player. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Dr. Hutchinson. There was a trombone player. <laughs> no, I won't call that kid out. They were really yeah. good, but. It, it wasn't is- Chad, was it? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) He forgot the score. (laughs) What were you going to say, Rachel? Oh, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Just laughing. Well, Well, if all else fails, we can just let Dorothy talk. You tell us, tell us another story, Dorothy. Oh my. Um, I. I, uh, Do you want? What's one of the more rewarding aspects of your your job? One of the most rewarding ones is hearing back from students that have had have been in the youth orchestra yeah into where they are now and what it has meant to them to be in the orchestra um i I got a lot of those when i retired uh one of the most memorable was from a young man i don't even remember his name uh who was uh, at the naval academy and in the band there in fact he was section leader there um the the uh there was another one. We had had auditions were scheduled, and it was closed. And the day of, I got a frantic call from a mother who had just learned about the orchestra. Her son was a uh, trumpet player, and she wanted to know if she could get in. Well, really, we weren't supposed to do that, mm-hmm. but uh, we made a spot for him to audition. Long story short, that was the changing point in his life. Mm. He had thought he wanted to be an accountant. And yeah. He, when he made it into the youth orchestra, he was a trumpet player. That just opened up a whole new world for him. And he uh, majored in music, probably is in college now, I would mm. think. But, uh, yeah, there have been several of those. I had some of those when I was teaching. I had a mother uh, in junior high, and this was many, many years ago, uh, who told me the only thing that kept her son in school was orchestra. Oh. Wow. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's been a wonderful ride. And that's what we always talk about. I mean, it's not, I don't, I think that all of us sitting around the table and Dr. Hutchinson on the phone would agree. It's not about, you know, we, we don't care if we create professional musicians. That's, that's not what we're about. Right. We want to get the kids excited about music, excited about the arts and just, give them skills that will transfer over to all aspects of yeah. of their education. Well, their talk a little bit more about that. Maybe, uh, Dr. Chad, you can chime in here because you are, you know, uh, boots on the ground with the uh, orchestras out there uh, working with them directly. I, I wonder, you know, if we can talk about the benefits that these kids are taking with them as they, they launch their lives, as it were. Absolutely. I, I feel that, you know, there's a very small percentage of our students uh, within the entire youth orchestra program that do go on and actually major in music. But it more so is about creating the lifelong love of a, of an art 
and the process that goes into that. Uh, I have two daughters who are just starting to take piano, um, and I see it firsthand with them as well. It's, uh, you know, the same core concepts of uh, it isn't always instant gratification, as so many things in our society are today. It's a longer process, and when they learn about those skills and that building process, it's, uh, it's really quite amazing. Um, it also builds a lot of teamwork, just like if you're on an athletic team or anything of that nature, the ability of everybody who comes from all different walks of life to come together and perform a work is something that that they will use as citizens uh, as, as they go forth. The ability to work together um, despite having differences of opinion uh, is something that I think we definitely can take to heart. And it's, it's what our gener- next generation of musicians uh, can really help. And lastly, I would say that it helps to feed the soul, especially over the, the pandemic. Um, you know, so many of us who are in this profession uh, have not had the opportunity to perform as regularly and uh, have, have those experiences. And I can tell you when we got together for the first time in the fall, like the students were so excited. And I think, you know, we take things for granted oftentimes. And I think that, you know, maybe just even a rehearsal had been taken for granted. And now students are really, you know, chomping at the bit, so to speak, every week to come back in and just get to play together and to have that camaraderie and and social aspect um, that you just can't get virtually. um, And as well as having a live audience, Uh, it's just something you can't replicate. Well done. I'd like to uh, interject if it's okay talking about Pete, oh, I'm sorry. You can, there's no interjecting <laughs> All right. during this podcast. Well, I thought folks would like to know, <laughs> since I have the history uh, of some of the people who were in the youth orchestra. Bob Bell was one of the uh, in one of the early orchestras, as was Sam Zor. Yeah. Uh, and currently, timpanist Sally Rochette was in youth orchestra. Ooh, Keith McWaters. Until he got kicked out. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I, don't think, I don't think Keith has shared that story. He's he's been on several times, but I, I don't. I made it sound that. way worse than it was. He um. Hang on, let me get a little sound effect. <laughs> okay, go no, for it. I think it was the option where he was going to be missing a rehearsal because he was substituting with the Toledo Symphony, and the TSYO conductor said, oh. "You have to make a choice." And he's like, "Well, I'm I'm gonna." choose to play with this the, the professionals so right. i guess i'm sorry so he didn't get kicked out but, yeah. no, but i know who that was but i won't say <laughs> right. something, something similar happened to me with getting my master's degree in college i skipped oh. a class to sing with the boston symphony and make a recording with them and they were like well okay your career seems oh. to be doing fine and so that was it i got yeah. kicked out of the class mm. right. <laughs> it's a little worse i guess in key story <laughs> maybe we'll yeah and, and there have been several and i'm not i'm sure there have been more but ones that i can remember was uh, elizabeth hanan was principal harpist with the philadelphia orchestra for a long time her father taught uh, orchestra and was in the tso at washington local schools Patrick, Patrick uh, Rafferty was in the Cleveland Orchestra, and I can't remember his last name. I think it was Al- it was Alex, but I don't. Remember. It was with the Chicago Symphony oh, as yeah, a he bass. Oh yeah, he was a bass player. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, then I have two granddaughters who were in the youth orchestra. The one is a professional pop musician now and is traveling mm-hmm. all over the 
world. She just got back from Mexico. So uh, it... Uh, they they spread out all over, mm-hmm. and uh, it certainly the, the experience yeah. uh, has been well worth it for everyone. Fantastic. You know, it occurs to me that we have an interesting ensemble here because we've got the trombone and Dr. Chad, we've got the oboe in Sam, we've got piano from Rachel, and you can conduct this all, Dorothy, and I was a singer, so okay. it's an interesting combination. <laughs> I don't know that there's any repertoire we could possibly do together. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we could make something up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Mrs. Coates also uh, plays the bass. Oh, Okay. Do you play acoustic bass or electric yeah, bass? Acoustic, okay. yeah. Because I, I would love to see you pick up an electric bass. I would love to see that, too. <laughs> Do a little Seinfeld riff, you know. Uh, no, I, I haven't played for a long, long time, but my two granddaughters are bass players. and uh-huh. uh, uh, what, yes. what is it about, were they emulating you, or did they just gravitate toward the, the bass? They just gravitated. Uh, my oldest one started on violin, and... Uh, I think she reluctantly went to bass when they needed a bass player, and the orchestra teacher wanted her uh, to, and uh, she was glad she did. Yeah. Uh, my youngest granddaughter started on cello, and uh, she did well on it, but uh, she yeah. she gravitated to bass. They both used my instrument. Oh. and uh, <laughs> yeah. did, did they fight over the, the bass? Well, actually, they're about they're about eight years apart. So. Oh, okay. So it, the hand me down it worked fine. Right. Yeah. Rachel bought her own. Eventually, bought her own when she went to BG. So. Yeah, you're not talking about this Rachel. You're no, talking I'm talking about, about my granddaughter Rachel Coates. Granddaughter. Sam, tell us about your experience with the oboe because I'm always interested when you know musicians come into the studio to talk about something else that they're doing. But let's go back and hear your oboe story. Let me pull you up a little music here. (laughs) Well... This is not an oboe, but (laughs) it sets a mood. I started playing in the fifth grade. My band director said, you cannot start on the oboe. You have to play the clarinet first. And I said, I'm not doing that. No offense, (laughs) clarinet players. But I did not want to play the clarinet. So I convinced my parents to get me an oboe, and the rest is history. Yeah, and then you were making reeds. (laughs) Making reads galore. Yes, I was very lucky to have a teacher in middle school who convinced me that making reads was very important. Not doing the store-bought, but exploring handmade reads and how to start that at an early age. And then I studied it in college as well, and my degree is in oboe performance. Wow, that's great. You know, I was a bassoonist, but I never learned how to make the reads. I I sometimes bought them from reed makers, but... uh, yeah, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so one of the, um, so Sam just started with us in the fall, and I swear this is all going to come full circle. But Sam, could you tell us one of the reasons what, that drew you to the TSYO opportunity? Yes. So when I saw the job posting of youth orchestra coordinator, I was like, I need to do that. Because I was in youth orchestra when I was in high school and very late middle school. So I youth orchestra was so important to me in my own life. And I would not be a musician if it wasn't for youth orchestra. The opportunities like with the repertoire and the connections I made with the teachers and my colleagues at the time really shaped my life. So I felt that it would be a great thing in my life to be able to influence the lives of the students 
in a similar fashion that my life was influenced when I was their age in youth orchestra. Yeah. Yay! That's wonderful. Well, I've got the inspirational music going. Anybody <laughs> else yes, want to say anything about... Uh, I'm going to keep going on that, okay, on that go train. Um, so part of Sam's other job is working as our education service um, service manager. So she is actively involved with not only the youth orchestra, but also Toledo Ballet and the Toledo Symphony School of Music. And we, we've been talking a lot about how important youth orchestra is for students and music, but the same can be said about dance. And just not trying to develop professional ballerinas, but just getting those same disciplines, those same skills. And you might have heard that the Canadian Brass is coming mm-hmm. to Toledo in a few weeks. And they're going to be offering a special masterclass on performance anxiety for TSYO students, TSSM, and Toledo Ballet students. And what has been really interesting is we took a group of TSYO students to a concert. And there were also some TSYO students who dance. And we were talking about performance anxiety and how it affects you differently when you're playing with the group, when you're a soloist, when you are dancing, when you're dancing with the company. And we even started talking about sports and athletes. And it's so interesting, again, how all of these things are intertwined. Um, so it's, we're looking forward to this. Instead of performance anxiety, we're going to call it courage development, which... Yeah. Amy Heritage, we can thank you for that. That's good. <laughs> That's good. It's better than performance anxiety and better than stage fright, which is what we used to call it back in my day. Yes. A long time ago. But that's it's wonderful and you're giving life skills to these kids, right, through classes like this. Fantastic. Yay! I want to do another round of our uh, minute quiz here. Let me <laughs> uh let me start with myself and then we'll pass it around. Okay, what's the best advice you've ever received? Oh my gosh. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm skipping that one. I don't I don't have an answer for that. What's the funniest joke you know by heart? Okay. It's a dirty joke, you ready? Alright, kid fell in the mud. Here you go, Dorothy. I'm letting you finish my minute quiz. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, the one that you told us earlier. If you could be a part of a family on any TV show, which family would you choose? Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. Well, uh, there probably are some that were older, but right now I think it would be I- interesting to be on uh, a member of the Reagan family on Blue Bloods. Oh, my. All right, Rachel, your turn. Oh, if animals could talk, which animal... Well, if I could talk. <laughs> if animals could talk, which animal would be the most annoying? Um, I'm going to have to say an elephant. Wow. I mean, what would an elephant sound like if it talked? <laughs> yeah. It would build in mask. Yeah. Okay, Sam, you're up. Okay. What's the weirdest dream you've ever had? Ah. <laughs> or just a weird dream. I that, had that a you weird can tell dream. on the radio. Okay. Well, when I was a kid, there was this book about germs, and all the germs were like little weird shapes like octagons and triangles and squares. 
And I had a dream that those germs were coming to get me. <sighs> and I don't know why, but that has stuck in my mind forever. And that is just, <laughs> that is a weird dream. Yeah, that, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> totally. Even scared the music. There we go. So we need one all for right. Dr. Chad. Oh, all right, Chad, I forgot you were there. Sorry. You're still there, right? Yes. Good. Okay. Well, I picked two, so you can have your choice. Uh, the first one is, what's your secret talent? Ooh. The second one is, if you could travel to any year in a time machine, what year would you choose and why? So that's that's a lot of stuff. I kind of uh, went I'll here and answered. The secret talent. Um, okay. Uh, Rachel was talking about elephants earlier. I can make a really good elephant sound, and when our kids were younger, uh, I would always do it just to try to get a laugh out. Okay, hang on. This is going on my soundboard, right? So <laughs> l- let's hear your elephant sound. All right, I'll pull the phone away a little bit. Wow. <laughs> that was... You sure you weren't just blowing in a trombone mouthpiece to do that? <laughs> right. No. No. I, I, would, I would try that too, sure. Yeah, that's great. Now I want to know what other talents you have, Chad. Uh, well, I love to do triathlons. So I uh, actually spend, spend a lot of time in the summer on a bike and swimming and that, just kind of uh, getting away and, um, and relaxing in that manner. Yeah. So instead of like the little bell on your bike, do you just make that elephant noise when you want to pass somebody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I'm in, mid- in the middle of a race, uh, it works really well. People get out of the way pretty quickly if, if you do that. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention again this concert from the Toledo Symphony Youth Orchestra. As we're talking about the program today, we've got uh, a lot of people with different points of view, which is really interesting and wonderful. This concert is happening on Sunday. It's February 13th, 4 o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Paris Style. More information at ToledoSymphony.com or 419-246-8000. Dorothy, I feel like we barely scratched the surface as far as stories go and things that you can tell about your time, your 20 years as manager of the Toledo Symphony right. Youth Orchestra. How did how how have things changed? You left just pre-pandemic, barely pre-pandemic. Yes. Um, how did things change over the 20 years that you were there? Oh, there were lots of changes. Uh, of course, we started originally just as the one orchestra, and then I mentioned the formation of the junior youth orchestra, which was for junior high kids in 78. And um, that grew, and the Toledo Symphony's uh, involvement uh, grew over the years, and eventually they became the sole uh, funder uh, under their umbrella. And that uh, added uh, just the string orchestra for the younger people and uh, less experienced. It, we broadened it. Um, my personal thing, uh, Joan came on the uh, Sam's job, the coordinator came on, um, I think, in uh, when we still had two orchestras. Prior to that, I did the mailings and, and the coordinated all the auditions, a lot of things that they do now. I did not do the music, preparing the music and that kind of thing, but yeah. uh, it, there were more managerial things that I did at that time. Um, and as that time went on and Joan came on and assumed some of those things, I just kind of filled in the cracks and was there 
when uh, I went to all the rehearsals. Yeah. And uh, for the, all the concerts, and I did a lot of running. Institutional <laughs> knowledge also. Pardon? Institutional knowledge. There's yeah. there's a lot in, in Dorothy's head. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, there have been one, it, it's, it, it's, uh, it, but it's been wonderful to see it grow. Yeah. And, and to see that Central Little Symphony League still involved with, uh, supporting the orchestra and, uh, with their huge remembrance scholarship funds. Uh, yeah. we gave, I think we gave 54 scholarships the last time they, uh, and something like $17,000. Um, when the pandemic wow. came along, the kids, uh, uh, 63 kids had signed up to audition, but they were canceled. So the league decided to uh, uh, give each kid that, uh, uh, that registered a scholarship, and I think that was something like $25,000. Yeah, so that's 63 amazing. 63 kids. So it, it's, uh, yes, it's, it's grown widely and uh, lots and lots of changes, and it's been fun to be part of it yeah definitely now i know that dorothy's sitting right here in the studio but but how would you all uh summarize her tenure i mean how what what is her legacy at the at the, at the uh, youth orchestras and the symphony in general oh my goodness um i let me let me pull don't even know where to begin um no that's bad let's try something else <laughs> okay <laughs> um Wow, I mean, sh she has so much knowledge and just remembers. And the other thing that I really appreciate as a pretty organized person is her record keeping. So she has delivered boxes to me with just everything meticulously filed, and wow. it's just the record keeping is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of people don't realize what an important part of the job that has been. And obviously, that's why I called you the keeper of the keys. <laughs> yeah, keeper I of guess the. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I passed that on to, to the ed office education and mm -hmm. Rachel. Mm -hmm. Sam, you were in the the youth orchestras. W was Dorothy there when you were there, or how did that work? Oh no, I was um, in Columbus. Oh okay, that, yeah. you were with a different youth orchestra <laughs> yes. program. All right, we'll cut that out later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. No advertising for Columbus in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I mean, you know, you can certainly hold your own against uh, any outside organizations. So that's great. Well, we're going to run out of time fairly soon, but, uh, you know, I want to pick your brain one last time, Dorothy. The floor is open to you to uh, say whatever it is that uh, meets your fancy. Well, I've been privileged as the manager's wife of the TSO to uh, see the many facets of what makes the orchestra work, uh, the wonderful uh, uh, different concerts and so forth, and uh, the Symphony League. Uh, I wasn't actively involved in the early years, but I have been since, and also the uh, outreach to the schools. Uh, I, they did, uh, the Symphony League did preparatory uh, lessons in the schools before the Young People's Concerts, and yeah. I, I was privileged to do those training sessions for a while, uh, and it's just the whole gamut, all of my life in Toledo has been uh, 
involved in one way or the other with the, with the Toledo Symphony and especially the youth orchestras. And, uh, mm. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. That applause is just for you, Dorothy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's been a joy. Well, let's wrap it up here. First of all, I want to thank everybody for coming into the studio and uh, Dr. Chad Hutchinson for you joining us by phone today. This concert is happening on Sunday. It's February 13th, 4 o'clock p.m. Toledo Museum of Art Paris style. The Toledo Symphony Youth Orchestra is their second concert for the season, yeah. And uh, this is your your only chance really to go see it because it's not going to be available online for you to look at. So this is to be experienced live in the hall. Again, you can find more information at ToledoSymphony.com or 419-246-8000. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barber Kern Foundation. You can download episodes of our program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Remember to check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at ToledoSymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find the TSO streaming platform online at stream.artstoledo.com. My thanks again to Rachel Schultz, Chad Hutchinson, Samantha Zelnick, and Dorothy Coates. I'm Brad Cresswell, and you've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab from FM91.